Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Good morning. Hi, I'm back. Oh, hello. Oh, my gosh. She's just <laughs> Hi, you came in right at the beginning of the show. I'll be right back. This is Mary, our guest for today. Uh, this is Dr. O'Sullivan speaking, and you're listening to Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O. And I wanted to welcome all of our listeners and encourage you to call in because today's going to be a wonderful story about um, a cancer patient who is loved deeply by her family and they went to all lengths to make sure that she was well taken care of, even in the face of some maybe not so positive news. So um, I'd like to encourage our listeners to call in with questions for myself or our guest at 347-215-6138. You can also, if you're a podcast listener, you can email questions to listeners at sylviaglobal.com. Now, Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O has gone active on social media recently, and so I'd like everyone to like us on Facebook at Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O and follow us on Twitter at Dr. O DVM, DVM standing for Doctor of Veterinary Medicine. This is all quite new to me, and I'm very excited about it, but I want to hear from as many listeners as possible so we can make sure this show is perfect for everyone. And uh, most of all, I need to thank Sylvia Global Media Network for making this whole thing possible in the first place. So um, please call in with your questions, and we will get started. Our guest today um, has... Uh, I, but one of one of my one of my newly found wonderful friends and clients, <laughs> um, her name is Mary Beals Ludka, and she came into my life on a fluke um, to do some Doctor O type stuff locally on her wonderful show, and turns out she ended up needing some help with one of her little friends. So we have been in a relationship as a patient client veterinary um, situation for golly a couple months since before Christmas and. Things have gone so well. The thing that I wanted to do with Mary today is backtrack to Mary's experience with her wonderful dog, Shammy. So we can talk about it as a group because I know that Mary's experience is not isolated. And since I used to work in heavy Western medicine, I've heard these stories and unfortunately been a part of these stories in the past. So we're going to go all the way back to why Mary came to my office as a client. And first of all, I'd like to welcome you, Mary, and for your time, your energy, and your involvement in the show because I know you're a wonderfully busy woman. So good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Dr. O. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Now, um, would you like to share with our audience a little bit about what it is that you possibly would do for a living because they're quite, uh, it's quite important to what our topic is today and your involvement with the community and involvement with the well-being of um, a ton of folks, right? Yes, it is. I'm the Area Agency on Aging Director for Northern Arizona. And there are 615 area agencies on aging in the country. And we are the planning and service organizations for senior and older adult programs in our regions. I happen to have a very large rural region. And our emphasis is on um, preserving autonomy for our older adults, helping them stay at home, keeping them healthy, well, and hopefully happy. So all those things are something I also want for my dog. And I have a TV show called Senior Moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's the same for all of us. I have a TV show called Senior Moment, and Dr. O was a guest on my show twice, actually. The first uh-huh. time you came on, it was about aging, uh, aging right. pets, aging. And you brought this delightful older dog, and we had so much fun on that show. I really resonated with what you were saying because it's, it, it, it correlated with our clients. You know, right. how to age well, right. Right. Um, how to do it good. And then, then we um, had the opportunity to interview again, and then intertwined in that were the issues going around with my, my beautiful chamois. 
<laughs> and I, I remember on your show when we were interviewing that we were talking about food and organics and really supplementing the body to make sure that you have a really wonderful quality of life and that my staunch, staunch belief that age is not a disease at all and that we have to deal with each creature, two-legged or four, individually. And we were talking about those things, and I'm a big advocate of you know, uh, organics or home cooking or raw diets and those types of um, options for our pets that many people don't know about. And I remember clear as day, you go, so, yeah, I'm not cooking for my dog. What can I do? And I started, I was laughing inside going, well, there are lots of other things that we can do with regard to kibble diet or ease of feeding your dogs, those types of things. And I don't even know. It's been less than, what, six months, and we've done a, almost a complete turnaround with <laughs> that. A total turnaround, total turnaround. <laughs> and now I do cook for my dog. That's exactly. So, and I love what you said. You know what? You know what I love what you said is which because I'm a farm old farm girl from Iowa, and uh-huh. and you were mentioning what about your great grandparents with their dogs on a farm? We did not have dog food back right. then. You know, they so what, what had, they ate do? stuff from what the garden. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do so we, we in, um, You know, and go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh well. So when I do classes or when I talk to people or when I hear things like, well, my my grandpa's dog never went to the vet, never got a shot, never got sick and lived to be 19 years old, and I, I always kind of stand back and I said, I know, isn't that awesome? It's just fantastic because I'm just going to take a stab at this, that maybe your gramps or your great gramps was on a farm and maybe they grew their own food, had their own livestock, had their own chickens, and then the dog probably lived outside under the porch, got to run around on the farm all day long, causing trouble or hurting sheep or taking care of things, and then got to breathe fresh air, get good exercise, be out in the world. And then your gramps or your family probably used their own food from the earth and cooked a meal. And then they sat down with their own family-grown, family-cooked, dinner, and then the leftovers went whoop, onto the floor for the dog. Now, that would mean that this dog was getting higher quality, better raised, less processed, wonderful from the earth food once a day. It lived outside, running around, getting fresh air, getting exercise, and never needed health care, never needed a vaccine, and lived to be a ripe old age. I'm like, I'm just jealous, you know, because we've moved so far away from that. And in doing such, adding stress and chemicals, genetic modification, medication, indoor living, pollution, you know, all of those wonderful things that we've done as we stepped away from the farm, which I guess for you, Mary, is close to your heart because you grew up that way. And I actually envy that sitting here talking to you, Uh, (laughs) that those (laughs) changes, in modality and stress and exposure to toxins or whatever it is or radiation or lead or whatever whatever the list and list goes on and on and on. But the idea that cooking for your dog versus buying a bag of highly processed, heat-exposed, spray-coated food might not be quite as good as eating human food from a table that's treated with care and love. So... I love that I love that you stepped over to the dark side, Mary. That's so great. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the the fact that these things are um it's not that they're simple. Don't get me wrong. It's that if we take a step mm-hmm. back towards simplicity, towards, you know, backing down of all from all the craziness that we have not only put on ourselves but uh, unfortunately have put on to our pets. Um those are some of the biggest factors in the development of cancers. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But the the farm and the food and the nurturing and the home cooking and those types of things, I think in my practice, my exposure, and in my life, it, it plays a humongous role, a humongous role in our nutrition. So we will absolutely get to that. And I'm, I'm actually so glad, Mary, that you grew up on a farm and you can relate to that. <laughs> I can't even that. Yes, I can. Cool. And, you know, you say it's not simple, but then again, it is, you know, again, getting a simpler and simpler is a better thing. I just went to a great summit on brain health 
And they right. talked about that as well, um, you know, on keeping it simpler. Instead of, you know, we're all going so darn fast, too. Keep it simple. And, you know, um, our dogs need to, to have simplicity and, and, and love and all those good things, too, that all go with the nutrition. Yeah, right, right, right. What did they, was nutrition a large part of your seminar on brain health? It was a third of it. They talked about socialization, you know, and the importance of connectivity, which, you know, also has to do with our dogs. I mean, if a dog's on a chain in the backyard, there's no connectivity. Um, and it, they talked about new nutrition and also, um, you know, just lifestyle, physical activity. All yeah. those were factors in the brain health. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, when we go, I think that you may know that, um, you know, I've recently been through something with a loved one uh, with cancer, and when it came right down to it, stuff out of our lives and our diets right now, like it was right now, like from this day forward, and it wasn't, you know, it was just, it was a truism that, yeah, we're not doing this anymore, and we had to really get slapped in the face with the C word before we took stock of ourselves. And, you know, we've gone back or we've, we've moved more towards simplicity to the point where, you know, now I have, I have my, you know, our own chickens, as I think you know, and that we have organically fed free-range chickens that, you know, bitch at me every single morning because they want something more because they're as spoiled as my dogs, I've got to be honest with you, but they're providing me a nutritious, delicious, wonderful source of protein that is for myself, for my dogs, yes. for my family, and it really wasn't that hard, was it? And that every morning they're just no. like, all right, breakfast is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, yeah, with the they, they're quite they're quite vocal ladies. That's that's for sure. So, um, but I love the connectivity piece of it, the nutrition piece of it, because we're going to be talking about all of that now. Um, Mary, if you wouldn't mind telling our audience a little bit about Shami before she got her bump, because I we, our audience doesn't know anything about Shami and that. The day you came and told me a little bit about her history, I think that that's where we need to start, um, where it seemed like the the issue that she presented wasn't going to be a big deal. You know, a little bump here, a little bump there, really shouldn't really be that scary, I guess. So can we can we roll back the hands of time a little bit and tell us a little bit about Sweet Shannon? Yes. Well, we we got her in 2000. Well, she was born in late 2004. And we got her in January of 2005. And I, I, I'm sorry, everybody probably says this, but cutest puppy ever. She was about two and a half pounds. <laughs> she's a dachshund chihuahua. So she's a chihuahua. And she's just, she's really, really smart. We've uh, traveled with her a lot. Um, she's very, very physically active. She really loves to play catch and run. Um, so she's, you know, we do live on five acres. No, she doesn't get to run it all the time. We do have a fenced-in place for her that's hawk-free. Uh, I've got yeah. barriers set up back there, you know, that, all that good stuff. So she's been a big, huge part of our lives. She's very close to us, in particular to my husband. Um, she's ridden on the Harley, 2,000 miles on the Oregon coast. Uh, she's flown with us. She rides on the kayak with us. She's just a, a really avid traveler. So she's a big part of our lives. And um, in December of 2012, our daughter was visiting, and she's a vet tech, and she was playing with Shammy, and there was these little tiny, they almost felt like BBs in her tummy. Uh-huh. She goes, what are these? What are, what are these? And I'm like, um, I don't know. I've never felt them before. She goes, oh, leave it to me to find them. She goes, I, I think you probably I haven't looked at. You know, and I'm like, well, okay, it's probably nothing. You know, so, right. Right. Um, so then I think we took her to the vet probably in Jan- after the holidays, late January. Uh, and to me, they had started to grow, but not significantly. Right. Uh, and then she had an exam. And by then, it, they didn't feel like a fatty tumor, because you know how you feel a fatty tumor, and it just has a certain texture to it. Um, yes, I These do. were starting to grow and felt odd. You know, I, I don't know, just felt odd. They were down in a lower abdomen. A little bit of unusual texture or... Did they, at that point, was she sick? What, or is she running, jumping, playing, no. eating, drinking, pooping, peeing, acting like a dog, just being normal shammy, she just had these bumps on her? Totally asymptomatic. No symptoms. None. Good. Good. None. Good. But she, so, she so had then in March, bumps that were changing. They were changing, though. You notice they were changing you know, on her. Yes. The texture yes. of them and the yes. growth and those were changing. Okay, I'm with you. Yes. 
And then, and then it seemed like they were on both sides, almost in the groin area, lower abdomen on both sides. And it's like, okay, you know, we really got to get them a look. So we made an appointment and went in, and the vet said, well, you know, we need to remove these, and do you want them biopsied? And I said, of course I do. You know, and she goes, well, I don't think it's going to be anything, and I didn't either. I said, right. yeah, I want to have them biopsies. I want to make sure she's okay. And he goes, you know, and they asked, was she fixed? And she was fixed before six months. She never nursed. She never had puppies. Right. Um, but it was almost uh, close to the mammary glands is where the lumps were manifesting. So um, she had surgery in March of 2013. And we brought her home, and they said the surgery – and she also had a little bit of fatty – a little fatty – lump on her chest and there's a scar there because she had jumped off of something tall as a puppy before she learned that was a no-no and she right. landed on her little chest and luckily she had well, don't laugh but she had clothes on and so she didn't it, but it did give her a little road rash right there well underneath there was a little bit of a fatty tumor and the vet said well I'm going to take that off too and I said no I don't want you to bother and she said well I'll make that decision I'm like well okay so she gets out of surgery, and I went to pick her up, and they said, well, it was more extensive than we thought. They were long, elongated tumors. We had to take out more than we thought, so I didn't bother her chest because she was under long enough. Right. And I said, okay. And so I took her home. And, uh, of course, she had the cone, and she was on some meds and pretty, pretty groggy. And I had to go out of town the next day. So I went out of town, and I was in a hotel, and – my husband calls me in a panic. It's like 9 o'clock at night. And oh, he said, late. You're late. He said, sit down. Don't say anything. Just sit down. The vet's going to call you. And he hangs up. I'm like, oh, and he uh, was in uh, full-blown panic. Just broke my heart to even listen. I knew it was bad. So the vet gets on the phone and says, hi, Mary, I cannot believe I'm calling you, but we got the biopsy back from Shami's surgery and she has very aggressive lymphoma. I go, what, what, what does that mean? And she said, well, it's a very aggressive kind. I will email you um, the description of the lymphoma. lymphoma. And, and I said, well, what's the prognosis? And she said, you know, it could be a few weeks, and you're probably going to lose her. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, you know, what? I was yeah, just yeah. sick. She was well, eight. I'm going to, inter- I'm going to, and I'm I'm like, going to interject here for yeah. a second here, Mary. Um, so your experience, you know, you go in, you have some lumps or bumps, and that you're, you're sur- after surgery time, you find out the surgery went longer because things inside were different than they looked outside. You know, once we get in there and you yeah. find out that these tumors are streaming left or right or down or up or under, and we have to do a little bit more work to get really good margins or to get the whole... Uh, abnormality out of our patient. That's one thing. And that Mary had mentioned that she agreed to have these things biopsy. Now, biopsies means that you cut the tissue out, the abnormal tissue out, and then you send it off to a, uh, a lab, a laboratory, and the laboratory has board-certified veterinarian pathologists. So these are people that are veterinarians. They've gotten an extended education where they're pathologists, where they look at slides. And I've got to be honest with you, it's kind of like when you see things in like CSU or those TV shows, you know, where you're looking at the microscope all the time and determining what cells are what and what that all means. That literally is what happens in a, in a uh, biopsy lab um, with these pathologists. They're looking at the slides. They not only determine that the cells are abnormal, they say what kind of cell are they, how, what kind of aggressive markers do they have for their behavior? And it's a whole coding process. The idea that sending off a sample from a woman that goes for a breast cancer biopsy or those, a lumbar bump biopsy and what happened with Shami are exactly the same. They're the same uh, medical health, the same medical training just on animals, and the same accuracy that in human medicine, absolutely there is no difference whatsoever, except for the, the letters behind the pathologist's name, then the answer to your what is the prognosis, meaning based on this kind of cancer and this kind of, they didn't they did actually stage her, but this kind of cancer, how does it usually behave in a creature? So this is historically speaking or retrospective study speaking saying that 
as our records show, if I have this type of tumor in this type of animal with these type of clinical signs, they usually will survive without treatment for this amount of time. So there are numbers in a book. Okay, there are numbers in a book. And then you have your options, which we'll go into in a minute. But I personally am not a big fan of putting a time stamp on a creature, on a living creature, you know, because I think that as soon as somebody hears, well, they usually only live a year. They usually only live a week. They only live a couple weeks. They only have two years. Somehow that gets encoded into our minds, into, into our soul, to be perfectly frank with you. So every time you look at your friend, every time you look at, you know, you, you, you think about this, this thing that just came into your life, suddenly it has a time stamp on it. And I have to be honest with you, I think that that really dictates how things go in the future because there's a certain amount of sadness, a certain amount of predictivity that goes along with it. So um, as far as I'm concerned, I really like to ask people to put those numbers out of their mind because that's all it is. It's a number. It's not an individual. It's not for her. It's that on a piece of paper somewhere, somebody wrote down this number, and that's the number that I learned in school. And don't get me wrong. I learned all this stuff too, of course. You know, I, I've, got, I've got the letters behind my name. I know exactly where those numbers came from. And unfortunately, I, I would have hesitated to say it. You know, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have put a timestamp on it because I have in the past, and it doesn't go very well. So, um, sorry to be so wordy there, but um, a very aggressive lymphoma. Now, lymphoma is uh, cancer of your lymphatic cells. You know, your immune system that runs through your whole body, and it's the cancer in and of itself. The definition of cancer is basically, you know, their cells are behaving badly. They're not respecting their border. They are. Uh, reproducing very quickly, and unfortunately, they metastasize, meaning that these cancer cells can travel to different parts of your body and start misbehaving there by going through your bloodstream, going through your lymphatic system, going through other kinds of tissue. So those three words, very aggressive lymphoma, it, it speaks volumes. And so, Mary, if you wouldn't mind, can you tell our audience how much time did you guys spend talking about definitions of this and um, possible treatment options and things to possibly think outside the box or be a little bit less? Well, very little, actually. She, uh, the vet said she could give me the name of an oncologist uh, for a vet oncologist and, you know, possibly start chemotherapy. Well, you know, both my husband and I were like, I don't want to put my dog through chemotherapy. All I could picture was my father who had cancer and what he went through. And I'm uh, like, my dog's already looking at me like, what did you do to me? Yeah. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. I mean, so that night, I mean, literally, he was so upset that night. I packed my bags, and at 10 o'clock at night, I drove home uh, to be with him. Good for you. Good for it you. Was just, I was like, no, work isn't important anymore. I have to go home. It was a two-and-a-half-hour drive. I got in, and I got home late. Our daughter was there with him. You know, and I remember him holding her in his lap going, this isn't fair. She, doesn't, she can't even heal from her surgery, and she doesn't know what's going on. So when we talked about the chemo, both of us immediately said, no, I'm not putting my dog through that. Nobody explained to me really what that was going to mean, and maybe that was my error in not, going to the oncologist because we chose not to and wanted her to just live her life out and be happy and right. do what we could to heal her from the surgery. That's kind of what the decision we made initially. Right, right, right. And and so, it was a hard uh, one to make, but it's like I don't want to make her be miserable. Um, and, you know, the, okay, here's the other thing I forgot to mention. She was sick? Did she think that she was sick or she just like, what, what the heck's going on? Because she had her surgery and she had her, her e-collar. I call it the, the cone of shame, you know, that e-collar. Yeah. Um, but she, she, um, she just confused her such about what the heck happened. You drop me off somewhere and I come home like this. What the hell's going on? Um, That's exactly yeah, the look it, on her face. I, I've been I mean, it was like she wasn't sick, and that's what I was going to go back to, Dr. O, is that the, do, the vet said it's very unusual because she's asymptomatic. And at this point in the lymphoma, she should be throwing up. She should have lack, you know, failure to thrive. She shouldn't, you know, maybe diarrhea. She, she might be coughing. She had no symptoms whatsoever, none. So we're like, you know, 
talking about, it's like, you know what, we're, we're going to get her better from this surgery and, and go from there. Um, and, and then the, uh, as, as a rule in veterinary medicine, and this is a very broad stroke statement, okay, for everybody listening, that um, in, with chemotherapy and with, radi- with, with chemotherapy, which means that there, the use of drugs and medication that try to kill the cancer um, uh, before causing too much detriment or harm to the patient. And in human medicine, we look at people that have a lifespan of maybe 10 more years, 40 more years, 50 more years. We don't know, mm-hmm. but it, it's a long-term course. So that the, the, the things that the body goes through now in an effort to rid itself of cancer using chemotherapy sometimes is a little bit more... Um, um, it makes it makes people sick. Okay, there's there's no just no two ways about that because in human medicine sometimes we get a little bit aggressive with that, and that that's what chemotherapy is. Now in the veterinary world, as a rule, uh, we try not to use chemotherapeutic drugs to the point where the patient is sick. Where you know we know that we're looking at a lifespan of you know I don't know five years, maybe six years, but not 50 years, not 35 years, not 60 years, those types of things. So the, the quality of life today with chemotherapeutics, um, it's just a different mentality. And if, if this drug makes them sick, we like to make sure that we try to use a different drug. But those are days gone by for me, but I happen to know a lot of really great veterinary oncologists that have the same mentality, and thankfully so in our relationship that we'll talk about in a little bit. But there, make no mistake, the chemotherapeutics, make huge changes in your body, you know, your immune system, your bone marrow, your um, your appetite, your overall well-being, you know, and that for my patients, most of the time they can't tell you. Does my stomach hurt? Am I a little bit gurgly? Am I super weak today? Am I, I know. You know, so we try our best, but we're also talking to our patients, for our patients, our friends, our families, um, and... They, we have to remember, no choice, no voice, right? We're, we're their advocates. Right. have no choice and no voice in the matter. So your decision would be your hus- you and your husband to make sure that she was as comfortable as possible while you guys are dealing with this amazingly n- n- surprising news, you know, and trying to get give you guys yeah. time to decompress or do whatever you need to do as a family, which I really admire you for doing. So, um Let's see here. Um, let's see here. Da, da, da. Now, um, let's. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened next here? You are home with Sammy with her e-collar, her cone of shame. She is recovering from surgery. You guys are, I'm guessing, a mess. And what do we do? What do we do next? Well, it's interesting because as she healed from her surgery, first of all. She has the longest, I mean, a really long tongue. So she kept getting around the going to shame and taking her stitches out. And it was a oh, very, no, very long scar. So I had to take her back in and get her restitched once. And the second time I just, you know, butterflied her and took care of it. But they gave her an extra large cone. So the poor thing, she couldn't go in and out of the doggy door. She couldn't, she couldn't do anything alone. I, had, I took her to work with me or my husband took her to work with him because she couldn't function on her own because that cone was so darn big. Uh-huh. Um, so that was interesting, <laughs> and she was such but a good girl. But she, you know, how big was she when this was happening? Four, five pounds? Six she's pounds? like ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Wearing she's about a t- yeah, fully grown ten pound dog. <laughs> what? All right. What happens next? Yeah. So so we take care of her, you know, and it, the week, a couple of weeks go by, and she starts getting better and better. And um, after the, se- the second time, I went back and had her stitched. Um, you know, I just took care of it. And just FYI, I didn't say to the audience, I'm a former nurse. Ah, um, so, you know, I just, I just took care of it, you know. And, and when, when she was really, um, right after surgery, we did little hot packs on it, moist hot packs. and Because it, it was an extensive scar. It went over half her. And she's long like a dachshund. So, I mean, it was very, very long. Uh, and so we did hot packs, and, and she was really good about just laying there and let me do And She's very trusting with us. You know, it's like, okay, if this will make it feel better, I'll let you do it. So we took her to work for, with us for like three weeks, and then finally I felt comfortable taking the cone off and her being on her own, and really she just wanted to jump around and play. Uh, let me alone, leave me be. Again, no symptoms. 
No, no. Okay. So, so let's get let's fast none. forward to why you came to my office. What happened? So she's doing great for like six months, no symptoms. She's healed from the surgery. She's you know, but then um, these lumps started showing up in her neck. Right. And um, you know, I knew there were lymph nodes. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Um, <laughs> and they started getting quite large. And you, meanwhile, you and I had met and talked, you know, and I started right. also correlating back to my father, who, by the way, went on macrobiotics, mm, which I believe is why he lives so, that's why he lives so long, personally, that's what I think. So right. I'm like, I've got to do something different. And I really liked what you had talked about, about the nutrition, and, and I'm like, there has to be something else, because I feel like it's starting to affect her a little bit. Um, and so we initially met, and the, the lumps were definitely presenting themselves in several areas, but predominantly on, on her neck, on one side in particular. Again, though, um, and she was starting to feel like she didn't really feel that good, but she was still playing, and so you started her on a regimen of nutrition. Uh, and then, all of a sudden, we, we took her to our daughters, the same daughter that found the lumps at Christmas, right after right. Christmas, and she, she said, Shammy doesn't act right. Shani acts like she's sad. You know, she just wasn't as energetic as she usually is. She's a very energetic, fun, sweet dog. And, and, and she's very talkative. She tells you everything. She's very communicative. But she was just kind of like, eh. She goes, do you think she's upset because of the other dogs? I'm like, no, we've had her here a million times. I, I don't think that's it. I don't think she feels good. And then out of the blue, I mean, they, she just swelled up. It was horrible. Over, overnight? I mean, overnight? It just seemed like, you know, it just seemed, well, I was gone. We came home from the, the trip, and I, again, was on the road. And my husband called me. He goes, I've got to send you a picture. Something happened to Shami. You should see her neck. So it seemed like pretty suddenly they just ballooned. Um, and she's a very, she likes to shake her head yes. I mean, literally, if you ask Shami a question, do you want to go outside, and she shakes her head, that means yes. If she just looks at you, that means no. So she uses that a lot, shakes her head if she wants something or she's trying to talk to you, like, come on. So she tried to shake her head and she'd cry. And this I'd never yeah, seen before. Sure. She was obviously uncomfortable. It was awful. She was, like, crying and whimpering. And then she started crying in her sleep. She yeah, was not good. And he's like, oh, my God, this is it. And I go, don't do anything. I'll be home on Friday. We're going to call Dr. O. Let's get her in, and then we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. But we we thought right. here it is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to put her down. She's gonna yeah, be miserable, so one, and I can't. One more time, you guys have to be going through the same thing. You guys, you were doing really well, and when she came here, yeah. um, we got her on organic kibble. We got her on a probiotic. We got her on some um, uh, really good immune boosters and antioxidants. We got her on some mushrooms, and we got her on some other. Um, Diet philosophy, decrease your carbohydrates, increase your protein, increase your fat because cancer loves carbohydrates because carbs turn into sugar and cancer loves sugar. And we had these big, long conversations about, um, you know, her liver and some traditional Chinese medicine thought processes and massage for her and such. And she seemed to go tooled along quite well. And then we have to remember that this cancer, these, these misbehaving cells in the body get to go around and metastasize, and then cancer cells, she had the big ones that you saw before, taken out of her body, and clearly there were some cells left in her body, and that they went up into her neck, into her lymph nodes in her neck, and when they reproduce at high rates, when they multiply at high rates, it, it's an exponential growth, right? It's one to two to two to mm-hmm. four to four to eight, and it happens in cancer cells more rapidly. These are broad stroke statements, but so all of a sudden the idea that something looks okay or feels okay today and then tomorrow if you go from exponential growth in these lymph nodes, it can seem as though it is overnight or, oh, my gosh, that really wasn't there yesterday or, oh, my gosh, that hurts, that swelling in a certain area of my neck, oh, my gosh. And then we're not talking about a 200-pound mastiff or a 100-pound strap. We're talking about a 10-pound dog. So the idea yes. of something swelling up on both sides of my neck and I'm not able to move left or right. And for our listeners and such, if you've ever had strep throat, if you've ever had an ear infection that makes your, you know, your lymph nodes swell up or a toothache, 
even without swelling on both sides or even without having anything that's life-threatening or cancer, God forbid, it still hurts. It hurts when your lymph nodes get big. You know, that's one of those things. Yeah. Put a warm pack on it, those types of things. So um, one, at this point in our, the show here, I'd like to remind our listeners to give us a call because um, we have about 25 more minutes and we're about to get into the whole how did we help her on a very having a very, very, very holistic approach to Shami and using all of our friends and all of our tools, which took a couple of phone calls, didn't it? So um, our listeners, give us a yeah. call 347-215-6138, and we'll patch you right in or go ahead and post a question for us, um, listeners, at sylviaglobal.com. Now, I wanted to thank you once again for being here and sharing your story. So let, let's move on. She... Shammy, this sweet little thing, her neck is swollen, it hurts her, she's crying all the time. What do, what do we do? Yeah. How do we help her? And this is, this is a dog that is, she got diagnosed, she got a time stamp of, what was it, five weeks to live? Was that what you originally were told? A few weeks that? is what we were told, a few, a few weeks, weeks in March of 2013. Uh, and then yeah. we're, we're about... I'm going to say about eight months out at this point in time and that we've been doing some work since mm-hmm. December. Now, so tell me what happens. Tell me what happens now. She's painful and she's swollen and she's having a recurrence, right? She's definitely not in regression. Yeah. Um, so tell me what happens. So um, I took her to work with me. It's interesting because our offices, my satellite office is like a block and a half from Dr. O's. So I took Shammy to work with me and called, called her and said, you, i got to get her in. So you agreed upon a time and said, yes, bring her in. This is the time. So I think it was 10 in the morning or something like that. So I brought Shammy in, and, um, you know, she was not, again, not herself, not running around, you know, and she just wanted me to hold her, but uh, I brought her in and, and, you know, showed her to you. Now, at that point in time, like, we okay. had to make a decision, right? She had, she had a very, very yeah. good protocol with herbals and mushrooms and dietary support and probiotics and organics and all these types of things. And we have to remember that we stepped into this process and literally tried to step in front of a speeding train, didn't we? We already had our friend with very aggressive lymphoma and I checked all her records and she had done so well and she's you know, eight or nine months down the road, and she's responding so well. Then all of a sudden we have this recurrence of these angry lymphoma cells, this very aggressive lymphoma that really knocked her off her, you know, knocked her, off her socks within a course of a couple of days. So we, when we had first started talking, we had talked about no Western modalities. You know, that was something that I think that you and your husband had, had talked about. So when you got here that day, I remember as if you're sitting here now, talking about there are some other options that I I had to apologize for all of my um, veterinary friends that you hadn't known about, you hadn't been introduced to, and one of them was pretty darn simple, unfortunately, and those types of and um, and it was steroids. It was steroids in that um, to take the inflammation and try and suppress her immune system a little bit. And, you know, all the things that steroids do. But it was one of those things that was walking the line between Western medicine and the reason you kind of walked into the office here, which was a different thought process, a different modality, wanting to support her in kind of an all-natural way. Okay, so we had to have the discussion about do we, do we take a step back and say, hey, we've got something on the Western side that can help, absolutely can help, and I respect your decision to have her have an all-natural life. I love it, but right now she's hurting. She's, she's hurting. So t- try, to, try to, if you can, tell me what was going through your mind at that point in time because it definitely was a step out of, outside of what it is that you guys had expressed that you wanted when I met you. Well, what was going through my mind is, first of all, I don't want her to suffer. I don't want her right. to suffer, and if there was something that I could do to help her, um, I was all for it. I still didn't want to do the chemotherapy route, um, right. but if there was another way that we could do to supplement, I really was open to that. Because, um, again, she's, you know, she's a huge part of our life, and now she's nine. So, you know, we... We're thinking she's a little dog, and it, it just she's so young, 
and what can we do? So you made a phone call. Yeah, yeah. And while so I was sitting I'm, there. And <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is that so when we think about holistic pet care and we think about holistic relationships, it is inclusive, inclusive. Everybody gets to be involved and in that we, there's no outliers yeah. and that there's, you know, there's transparency and that there's, you know, complete, I, I need help, you know. So when the day comes that we, we have to, we set our egos aside. All we care about is that Shami yeah. feels better. Shami feels better. So yes. pick, picking up the phone, and luckily I have some incredibly wonderful relationships with some just amazing people. And um, I was able to pick up the phone and get on the phone with um, a board-certified veterinary oncologist and he was there, and he answered the phone, which in veterinary medicine, if you've been involved with it enough, you know, trying to trying to be next to a phone when somebody calls that actually needs you, it's ridiculous. It never happened to me, but this was like, this was serendipity. It just, it was wonderful. And um, he got on the phone, and we just talked. And, you know, Mary's sitting right at the other side of the table, and Jamie's sitting there just staring at me going, hmm. And um, my, <laughs> yeah. our board certified our oncologist, we talked, and I wrote down about 100 notes, and I thanked him with all my heart, and um, we just got going with that protocol. And um, yes. that, for me, was a heartwarming team effort. That you know, the fact that pick up the phone, call somebody in a different state that know that you know you, you know them, and you just you you can um, you confer as specialists about a problem that one person needs help with. I need your expertise in this one. And have no hesitation, no anything along that line to say, here, this is this is my information, this is my education, this is what this is what I would, you know, recommend that you think about doing for your patients. So on and so forth. And it's such a positive, supportive, wonderful, devoid of all ego type way. And um it was it was a, it was wonderful to have Mary and Shami sitting here during this process and, and doing it right now, not putting it on your to-do list, not putting it on your, I'll call you in a week after I confer with my, you know, associates, that kind of stuff. This was a right now help our patient while they're in distress and, to be perfectly frank, help my patient's parents. I mean, my patient's parents, yeah. Mary and her husband, <laughs> they, they, they need some help. They, they needed some help. They need some support. Um, so it, for me, it was a wonderful experience, and I think it was a quintessential definition of being a holistic practitioner, that you just you do whatever you need to do, and you ask people what tools they have in their toolbox to help today, not, not in the future, not, you know, delve into the past. No negativity, no finger pointing, no, it's like, here's my situation right now, sitting in front of me. What do you think? And um, tell, me, tell me what happened after that conversation, Mary. Well, and, and just to, to add on to what you were just saying, too, though, is, yeah, my husband was just a wreck. And so, you know, I needed to, to come home and, and take a hold of the situation and get it to you. And so it was a team effort all the way around. And um, I was shocked because we took her home and you started her on prednisone. Right. And literally within 24 hours, that next swelling went down. Right. I mean, within 24 hours, and by Monday m- – Monday morning, it was almost gone. Right, right, right. And the thing is, so one of the other things that we did at that time was we also gave her, sometimes some of these medications can um, be hard on other organs in the body. So we made sure that she went yeah. home, not only with her with her steroids to help her, but also something to protect her liver. And, it, and not, you know, just to try to be proactive and make sure that she was treated as a full creature, as full creature, a full dog, um, not just here's a here's two take two of these and call me in the morning. We don't we don't practice medicine that way anymore. So um, she was we were lucky enough to have stuff in the office that was helpful for her. And um, I do remember getting a phone call 24 hours later or a text or something like that that was like she's doing great. She's just doing great playing or what what would she do to tell you that she was awesome besides not have those swellings in her neck? Yeah, yeah. well, and you know it it it, it has even gotten better by the way. I mean, those, the, I can't even feel lumps in her neck now, and she's still on the prednisone. And another thing you were looking for, I think you added two supplements at that time, one for the liver and yeah. something else. And, and um, you know, we were concerned that the prednisone might create symptoms. You know, you've heard, oh, it's going to make her, none. She had no problems with her digestive system. She didn't get diarrhea. She didn't, 
she's just had no symptoms at all with the prednisone either. And so now I was just shocked. We, we were just so grateful and so happy. And, you know, she was like, let's play catch. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that was so important at that period of time where the decisions made to kind of deviate from the original plan of just, you know, just we're not going to do any of these types of medications when the decision is made that, okay, we'll, we'll start her on this because this may, and then with the help of our boarded oncologist and uh, history, you know, all the history with her, um, to make sure that you as a client had complete disclosure, 100% disclosure that, yes, we'll start her on this, but here are the possible side effects. Here are the things I need you to look for. Right. Here are the things I'd like to give you to stave off any of these things. And that I don't expect anything negative here, but I need you to be watching. I need you to be part of the team. And that I need you to know that just like those darn disclaimers that they're reading at the end of all the TV ads for medications, this, that was kind of what this yeah. was. Okay, here are some possible side effects, and that they all sound so horrible. You know, it's like, why the heck am I using this thing in the first place if these are side effects? But it's really important that you, as Shammy's advocate and your husband's communication avenue, that you know yeah. everything. <laughs> There's no, you know, it's just no surprise because the way the way I, the, I view our relationship at this point, our mind with Shammy, is that less than you know, basically a year ago to the day almost. Somebody said, your dog has a very aggressive cancer, and she only has a few weeks to live. And that's it. That's as much information as we get, right? So when we're together at the point in time where we're doing a holistic approach, I need you to have so much information, so many options, so much fuel to be an advocate that you might just want to put up your hand and go, enough, just stop. (laughs) Like, stop talking about all this stuff. You're making me crazy. (laughs) But... um, I think on the holistic approach and getting everybody involved, the oncologist, and, and, and less than a year ago, the, the word oncologist is something that for you and your husband expressed, put your hand up. You're like, no, we are not going there. We're just not going there. And comes, you know, when it yeah. comes full circle, it's a person with that label, that expertise, that's the one that helped us get her where she is now, which is just, in my opinion, beautiful. I mean, it's, it's basically why I do what I do, right? <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, and thank God. And and like you said, we, you know, we met by chance. You know, really we did. I mean, it, well, not by chance. I think things are meant to be. But, you know, had I not met you and interviewed you, I may not have been able to go this route with Shami. And, you know, I don't know where she'd be now. And so I think the combination, it's important to be open to the combination of the Eastern Western medicine. Yeah, so it's so important. Now, now you personally, you are a... It's, extremely self-confident, very, very powerful, very influential woman that is responsible for the well-being and advocacy, and correct me if I'm wrong, of people, many, many people that either can't speak for themselves or don't have political power or don't have an advocate for themselves. So you spend, in my opinion, in my, you know, observations of what you do, you spend your life advocating for for folks humans, two-leggers, that need some advocating or need some long-term reassurance and for a quality of life issues. Is, is that a fair statement? It is very fair. I spend a great deal of my time in advocacy and working for a better quality of life for all older adults, and not only in Arizona but in the United States. I am on the National Board of Directors, and I work on policies and you know, try to make sure that that holistic piece is also passed on in the policies, you know. Uh, it used to be years ago that everything had to be medicine, medicine, medicine. And, you know, right. I'm an advocate for, you know, we need both the social and the medical side to meld and, and, and the eastern side and the western side. Both, all of that has to be brought into view when you're looking at what a human needs and also what a community needs. And one of the, my favorite sayings is, you know, I'm going to give my clients the tools they need to be empowered and to advocate for themselves. And I want them to advocate for themselves. But if they can't, I'll go 150% and do it for them. Yeah, give your your patients or in your case with humans' clients the tools they need to fight their own fight. And that be always be there to help them, back it up, and then when things change or in my practice, it's like the peeling of the onion, right? As soon as you think you get on top of this thing, up comes something else, and that's good. It just means that we took care of our most overriding thought here. But 
with if you have the opportunity, which you do right now, to tell our listening audience your relationship and your adventure with Shami, not only in the last year but in the last nine years, if you if you want to impart some pearls of wisdom to folks about what this last year has meant to you in your relationship with Shami, but also in your relationship with how how we approach what you do for a living with the inclusivity, the empowerment, and the advocating for a holistic approach when it rolled over to your baby. What how what would you tell <laughs> yeah, me? If, if, what? Yeah, you have five minutes. It's like you had five minutes to just express, and and I, you you know you're you're what we are looking for with regard to somebody that stands up, just stands up, and just asks the questions, makes the decisions. Very very self empowered, very dignified, very powerful woman, and you just did it. But you were also kind of smacked in the face with a a life changer, right? It was a deal breaker when you got that news. Everything changed. I'm coming home. Work doesn't matter. All I care about is you. All I care about is my family. Those moments in time, which unfortunately we all, all go through them, and uh, you know, we've talked about a couple of them for myself. Tell tell people, tell people what what we can do, or tell people how you felt. How did it for you personally? Well, first of all, you do go through a moment of of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, it's out of my control. There's nothing I can do, and then you start your analytical side kicks in and thinking, you know, madly, okay, what can I do? And one size does not fit all, you know, and I think that's critically important in anything when you're dealing with legal issues, health issues, one size does not fit all, you know, and that you do have to explore the possibilities. Um, It certainly has made me much closer to my chamois uh, and grateful for her and grateful for her wonderful personality. We just spent a week in San Diego, and she was like the darling uh-huh. of the hotel, by the way. <laughs> and, and knowing that, um, that we were able to help take care of her because she is, doesn't have a voice. She That's can right. tell me when she doesn't feel well, and she can try to communicate with me, but I feel like we made the best choices for her. And I think, you know, don't give up. I think it's important to explore uh, what the possibilities are, and also to get a second opinion. And I think that, right, you know, again, right. that's for humans and four-legged both, to get a second opinion. Um, doctors are all good. I mean, really, I, I was a nurse for years, and, and, you know, people don't go into medicine to, I mean, they, they try as hard as they can, and they come from what they were taught, many. Yep. Right. So it's right. not a judgmental thing. It's just you need to explore what you feel is the best fit for you or your animal. And do the best you can. And, you know, I'm just really so grateful for every day that we have with her. Every trip we take with her this year is like, we didn't think we'd have her on this trip. Isn't this fun? She had so much fun yeah. on the dog beach, I can't even tell you. <laughs> so that's, I don't know if those are words of wisdom or not. But, the, incre- the, the increase in the joy, like those moments that, you know, when yeah. we, we talk, even when you were talking about your human with the brain um, conferences, nutrition, okay, connectivity yeah. and, and the increasing your daily joy and we can learn a lot from them can't we you know like watching her goof around on the beach and yes. like, yeah i get cancer i'm good i'm good and like i just don't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna wallow in it i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna let it get me down and the fact that some people think that they don't know that's not true of course they know something's wrong with them they know that something's of off know. you know they, they just of course they know and your statement about you know medicine in general I'm a, I'm a true believer that everyone does the best they can within their education and their experience. I do too. And people just have mm-hmm. different educations, different experience, different cumulative um, approaches to things. So just like you pointed out, there, there's, no, there's no ill will. There's nothing bad going on here. It's just that I always tell you, I said, search around until your heart tells you it's right, you know, until everything shines yeah. true to you. If there's a moment you're sitting in front of me, Instead of sitting in front of anybody and you go, oh, that's a bunch of hooey, or that doesn't sound right, or ooh, you know, even just that ooh, um, don't just go. Just do, thank you for your time and leave, and then go go sit with it for a while and sit with your four-legged fuzzy, sit with your your pet, make sure that until the moment that things actually do feel right, that you don't proceed. You know, first do no harm, always. Yes, so. Um, yes, I I, I, tr- I truly appreciate that because I I also like the fact that we did end up coming kind of full circle with some awesome awesome people, right? So the difference between I'm yeah. sorry, 
dog has aggressive cancer, has got a couple of weeks to live, go see an oncologist versus an oncologist being on the other end of the phone and saying, okay, here's how I can help you, here's this, here's that, try this, try that, and being just, it was two very different um, ends of the spectrum for me in my relationship to it. And it was just hearsay, of course, but, you know, um, you only have to do it and live it for a decade or so before you know that things like that happen. So um, I, want, I want to support everyone that's listening. If you ever get an answer, if you ever get bad news and you just feel like it came, of course it's going to feel like it come all of a sudden, but it didn't come with enough backups, not enough supportive information, not enough... Um, uh, hand-holding is not the right word. It's just that when you get bad news, sometimes you don't want to hear the other piece of bad news. That In a piece of paper somewhere, there's a book somewhere that says, if you have this, you're only going to live that long. It's not okay as, as far as I'm concerned. You're going to live as long as you're going to live. And like in Shami's case, was it, was it she was running on the beach in California a year after her you know, her death sentence was yes. up. <laughs> One crazy, I mean, am I wrong? So... So tell me how you feel about that, Mary. She was keeping up with the big dogs. (laughs) Yeah, she was keeping up with the big dogs, you know. And it's oh, here's another interesting thing we forgot to mention, and it's something they said at the brain health thing. First of all, your brain does not know how old you are. We tell it. Yep. You know, and I remember when I first took her in, you said, "Don't tell her she's sick." You know, because she's going to pick up on your stress. You know, and that increased joy, and that she's fine. She is. You know. See, they always are. I mean, they always are. And that they they adapt and they compensate and they do so much better. for. And then we suck all their energy out while they're trying to take care of us. We're sad. We're upset. We're nervous. We're this. We're that. We're so dysfunctional that our, our pets end up trying to take on that energy, take on that responsibility, take on that nurturing when in someone's reality – they're, they're, they're the ones that might need our help versus vice versa, you know, and that our brains just yeah. turn that around. We, we, we do a 180 on them. So um, we have a couple, three minutes um, left to go. Can you address that? How did, how did you turn it around to be supportive of her both emotionally and physically um, uh, besides buying meds and supplements and feeding her? Uh, <laughs> how did you and your husband turn that around? So you were positive about this experience versus being saddened and an energy uh, negativity. We just got a Yeah, I think it was, we had a, really had a heart-to-heart talk about it while Shammy was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> and really, <laughs> so it was in front of her and talked about, you know, we need, we need to portray the best for her. And, you know, she doesn't know. Uh, and and she wants to to be happy, and so we need to be happy for her. We need to increase. And you wrote on her prescription, increase her joy. Joy. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because you know we always love to take her for walks now, but boy, Dennis is just diligent now about walking her around the five acres when he gets off work because that's she thinks that's the funnest thing ever because we throw her rope and she catches it and 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 she just she's just ecstatic. Um, or if you just play with her, you know, she has a big basket of toys and she'll pick them out and, oh, boy, let's go on. So we've, we've been trying to, you know, we discussed it together and made a conscious choice to increase her joy, to increase our joy and to take the stress yeah. away so that she would be happier. And it worked. Well, Mary, it thank worked. you so much for joining us today. And um, I wanted thank to... You, from my heart, I really wanted, I wanted to thank you for telling the world basically about your experience here because I know there are other people out there that have this experience that may not have ended so well, may not have been so open to ask for information, may not have sought a second opinion, and those types of things. And there's a lot of guilt that sometimes goes with that. But I want there to be a lot of positivity. I want people to stand up and say, oh, there's something else out there. Don't give up, just like Mary said. Um, and do what do whatever you can to take care of our friends with you know our no choice no voice and just help it empower all of us. Now I want to thank all of our listeners once yeah. again to uh, for joining us today. And once again, thanks so much Sylvia Global Media Network for making this possible. So feel free to leave us some questions. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and please join us next week. We have got the head lead veterinarian for Standard Process. 
whole food supplements on the show next week, which is a rare, rare occasion, and it's going to be wonderful for all of your questions for yourself and your four-legged fuzzies. So once again, thank you for joining Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O, and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian.